Welcome back, everyone, once again to another episode of Red Pill News. As always, I'm your host, Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector. And today I've got a series of stories for you that show just how things are heating up. My friends, I do believe that we are witnessing the slow, long and painful death of the left and the criminal cabal that has been running our country for far too long. Things just continue to heat up. As I said yesterday, this is a steady drip, drip, drip of information. And the information that's coming out is simply damning to the people that would otherwise be destroying America if we and so many others weren't fighting directly against it. We've got some new information coming out of Wisconsin in regards to the special counsel's investigation into election fraud in that state. We have some new information that's been released about the 9-11 attacks. Who would have seen that coming? We also have new data coming out about erroneous code being present on Dominion voting systems machines in one state and probably in all of them, if you want to be honest about it. And then finally, we've got additional information that's been released about Joe Biden and his knowledge of Hunter's business dealings. Remember, he has consistently said... He had no idea what Hunter was up to. Well, it looks like that is less and less likely. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. So tell me this, did you know you can earn hundreds of thousands of dollars investing in crypto, but the best part is you don't have to pay capital gains taxes on those gains. Open a Roth crypto IRA right now with my digital money and take advantage of it today. You only pay based on your contribution and pay nothing on capital gains. So if Ethereum or Chainlink doubles or Bitcoin has another surge, you could be doubling your investments. My Digital Money's U.S.-based phone support is always ready to answer your questions. And you know what's better? They'll give you a free $50 credit if you fund your My Digital Money crypto IRA account with at least $1,000. No capital gains tax, massive gains. Go right now to MyDigitalMoney.com. Once again, that's MyDigitalMoney.com. And remember, when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, guys, thanks for sticking around. So we're going to begin today with Wisconsin, one of the states where we are all too aware of the massive levels of voter fraud, the coordination that took place in order to hand Wisconsin over to Joe Biden. Now, that special counsel's investigation by former Supreme Court Judge Michael Gableman has been going on for some time, and there are some outstanding issues, some questions that need to be answered and some more information that has yet to come out. Now, that investigation was set to end. However, it looks like President Trump turned the thumbscrews a little bit on Speaker Robin Voss yesterday, which has resulted in Voss maybe taking a listen and allowing for this uh, investigation to continue. Uh, So let's go ahead and take a look. We've got a statement from President Trump, and we've also got a statement from Robin Voss. So I want everybody to remember the importance of this special counsel investigation. We got that preliminary report back in March, and it showed that there was manipulation Manipulation of elderly, infirmed people in nursing homes all over the state. Not only that, but people who are developmentally disabled. There was also ballot harvesting and a variety of problems with Mark Zuckerberg and the Zuckerbucks and the NGOs run by the Democrat Party actually running the election, which was a huge boost to Joe Biden's fake numbers in that state on election night. Now, with this 
Now, with this special counsel investigation sent to end and still we have all these things out there that we need to have addressed, President Trump felt it was necessary to go ahead and put a word out there to Robin Voss that he believes the contract should be extended so that Gableman can continue his work. He said the special counsel appointed by the Wisconsin Assembly to investigate the crimes of the 2020 election did an outstanding job. Yes, they did. He discovered many pieces of evidence that indicate foul play. Anyone calling themselves a Republican in Wisconsin should support the continued investigation in Wisconsin without interference. After all of the evidence the report brought to light, how could anyone want to stop it? I understand some rhinos have primary challengers in Wisconsin, Voss being one of them. I'm sure their primary opponents would get a huge bump in the polls if these rhinos interfere. So it looks like perhaps Robin Voss actually heard that message. I think that Robin Voss must be all too aware of the challenges he's going to have have at the ballot box. He's the one who came out and said that the legislature there does not have plenary power. They don't have the right or the authority, Voss believes, to recall those electors and do something that would actually benefit the people of Wisconsin, which is examine and investigate these fraudulent votes. Joe Biden didn't win the state of Wisconsin, and so therefore those electors were handed over to him in an illegitimate manner. Now, Robin Voss, for his part, has responded. He said this. He said media reports in the state statement put out by Representative Branchin were incorrect. The Office of Special Counsel will remain open as we guarantee the legal power of our legislative subpoenas and get through the other lawsuits that have gridlocked this investigation. We are grateful for Justice Gableman's offer to reduce his salary, as well as we are concerned about the judicious use of taxpayers' dollars. Our intention is to remain within the original budget allocated for the investigation. So it sounds like there is some money left over, and Justice Gableman is willing to do his work at an albeit at a reduced rate. But the problem that we really need to have addressed here is that there are subpoenas that are outstanding. You've got Democrats and other people that were involved in the fraud who have refused to comply with the wishes of the special counsel's investigation. That includes uh, people who are election officials. That includes the voting machine companies like Dominion Voting Systems. If they have nothing to hide, if there was nothing untoward that happened on election night, then they should have no reason not to allow themselves to come in for questioning or to submit to the request for evidence. Justice Gableman appears to be a real hero. He is a conservative firebrand there in the state of Wisconsin, willing to do what it takes and as far as it needs to go to investigate the source and the guilty parties who partook in election fraud. The people of Wisconsin deserve this investigation. President Trump knows that. And people like Robin Voss, who may be facing challengers here in the primary that's very soon upcoming, they need to understand that if they don't submit to the wishes of the people that elected them to represent them, they're no longer going to have a job. Now, maybe I'm reading into this a little bit too much, but I think it's rather interesting that we're on top of everything else that's coming out. We're also getting new information about the 9-11 attacks. Now, geez, this was like 20 years ago now, 21 years ago. And still the information continues to come out. Now, the reason Catherine Herridge is releasing this data is because British families who had people die in the 9-11 attacks are suing to get access to evidence that has up until this time been suppressed. 
What's very special about this information is that it's directly related to the House of Saud, the Saudi government. All right. Now, who was very close to the Saudi government and probably still is to this day, but specifically during 9-11? Well, that would be the Bush family. The Bush family had deep-seated ties with the Saudis and the Saudi government. So here we have in this first tweet from Catherine Herridge, she says, among the records released by British authorities to 9-11 families, a notepad contains a handwritten drawing of a plane plus mathematical equation that an expert said in a court filing could be used to calculate the rate of descent to a target. Uh, would that be the rate of descent of an airplane flying into the side of a building? Uh, the actual rate of descent of a building falling to the ground once it's been leveled by explosives like nanothermite and all kinds of uh, jet fuel burning on floors. And the revelations contained in this new information essentially confirm what we've already known. There has been talk for a really long time about the Saudi government having specific ties to the hijackers. Now, if you remember, all of those hijackers were Saudi hijackers. They tried to blame it on Afghanistan. They tried to blame it on Iraq. But the people that were actually supposed to be in those planes, and I know that there is a a lot of debate about that, but the, but the passports they found on the ground and and the people that were filmed uh, in the airports and, and leading up to this and doing the training in various places throughout the United States, those were Saudi nationals. OK, now we're not going to talk about anything else in regards to the grand conspiracy of 9-11. I simply wanted to make you aware of this new evidence that's being revealed. Now, certainly people are going to say, well, it's CBS. Why would CBS want to tell us anything in terms of truth? Well, Catherine Herridge, I think, is a good reporter. She's been following this stuff for a very long time. She just happens to work at CBS. So we've got a two-minute clip here uh, detailing some of that new evidence. It includes a video showing 9-11 hijackers said to be hanging out with a member of Saudi intelligence. So Saudi intelligence, I also want to remind you, Saudi Arabia has always had a pretty cozy relationship with the country of Israel. Uh, Let's go ahead and take a look at the video. Now to that CBS News exclusive new evidence of a link between two 9-11 hijackers and a man said to be on Saudi Arabia's intelligence agency payroll. We see them together in newly released video turned over to family members of 9-11 victims last month, along with more than 14,000 pages of documents. The evidence obtained from British authorities raises new questions actually renews an old one. Did the Saudi government assist the hijackers on 9-11? The Saudis have always denied that explosive question. Senior investigative correspondent Catherine Herridge has the story. Less than two weeks after 9-11, these boxes of evidence containing personal notes and videos were seized by British police in Birmingham, England. Buried inside, this home video from 2000, now being seen publicly for the first time. The event is described by the 9-11 Commission as a party at the San Diego apartment of two hijackers. While Nawaf al-Hazmi and Khalid al-Midar avoided the camera, Midar can be seen here in the kitchen. Their team would later commandeer Flight 77, slamming it into the Pentagon. The party's host, a Saudi national, Omar al-Bayoumi, who British police arrested after 9-11 and from whom they seized the videos and documents. Three years after the attack, the 9-11 Commission said there was no credible evidence that Bayoumi believed in violent extremism or knowingly aided extremist groups. Though a newly declassified FBI memo from 2017 reports Bayoumi was on the payroll of Saudi intelligence, a fact that was not confirmed at the time of the 9-11 Commission report. I call him a facilitator because he helped them out. 
Last fall, CBS News sat down with retired FBI agents Danny Gonzalez and Ken Williams, who investigated the hijacker support network. Both now work for the 9-11 families. He helped them with apartments. He helped them with bank accounts. He was also an employee of the government of Saudi Arabia. Among the records, a notepad containing a handwritten drawing of a plane and mathematical equation that an expert said in a court filing could be used to calculate the rate of descent to a target. Bayoumi is believed to be living in Saudi Arabia. We've tried to reach him through the Saudi embassy. It did not respond to our questions. But said in a statement last year, any allegation that Saudi Arabia is complicit in the September 11th attacks is categorically false. The FBI declined to comment for our... You know what the most infuriating part about this is? This is evidence our own government collected, our own government held onto and willingly decided not to release to the American public. They kept it out of the 9-11 Commission report. They kept it away from the families of people who died in 9-11 in the towers. They stopped anyone from getting a full picture, a full accounting of what truly happened on that day, who was involved, who assisted, because perhaps they wanted to protect the Saudi government. It took the British government to actually release this information to families who are looking for answers. You know, no matter what you think about 9-11, whether you think it was a missile that hit the Pentagon or you think it was holograms uh, that hit the, the Twin Towers, whatever you think it was, the only thing that I'm certain of is that people died needlessly, that this was an attack on America perpetrated by people who were supposed to be defending us, people that were supposed to be our allies, and thousands of American citizens died so that we could have a prelude to crack down and create a more authoritarian form of government here in America. And that, to me, is enough to continue fighting to get the truth out on this subject and so many more. All right. Now, briefly, I know that we uh, touched on voting machines in the first story, but I had to go back to this one because it appears that uh, something that we suspected has now been proven by a election report taking place down there in Tennessee or I guess, rather up there now that I'm down here in the deep south. Um, there was obviously a lot of problems with the voting machines in America in the 2020 election, but those problems were not unique to the 2020 election season. Uh, there have been concerns that have been raised for many, many years about this very, very sensitive issue. And one of the problems that's been consistently brought back up over and over again uh, is the issue of the uh, election systems being certified by the Election Assistance Commission. Uh, and the, the question remains, how can a machine be certified by the EAC if the problems that we know exist are, in fact, there. It leaves them open to attack. It leaves them open to intrusion. It leaves them open to hacking. All of these things would allow for people on the outside to gain access to these machines and manipulate the vote totals and do so much damage to our elections. And I think that, quite clearly, we witnessed that firsthand in November of 2020. Now, this report coming out of the uh, Tennessee Election Assistance Commission claims that erroneous code was found on Dominion software that had previously been certified by the EAC. Now, that question remains, how in the world were they able to certify it if this malicious code or this erroneous code was present in their software? Uh, this means to me that somebody on the inside either wasn't doing their job very well or they specifically and directly overlooked that code that shouldn't have been there and allowed for these machines to be certified, which, uh, again, leads to larger questions about 
who was doing that, who allowed for these machines to be used if they were insecure and if they were inherently lacking in the ability to safely and securely administer our, our election. And what about all of the people who told us that our election system was 100 percent safe and secure, the most safe and secure election in the history of America? Well, clearly, that's a pipe dream. That was a big lie that was told to the American people. That's why President Trump called the election of 2020 the big lie. But we know these machines had not been properly secured because experts in a number of occasions have discovered software on these machines that would have prevented them from being certifiable. These machines, the process of hardening them uh, ensures that they don't have software that allows for intrusions from the outside. But the fact remains, they had this software on them, which means that they were inherently insecure from the very beginning. Now, this report was issued in response to problems that were discovered in a uh, certain election there in Tennessee. There was an error that was identified on the voting machines and the systems related to this erroneous code. So in my opinion, the American people deserve a, a much closer look at every single one of these machines and the machines that are not properly certifiable cannot and should no longer be used in elections. In fact, I think that a lot of you will agree with me. We need to go back to 100 percent paper ballots and the voting needs to be done on one day. Give us an, uh, a full American holiday, okay? Make Election Day a full paid holiday so that every single person in the workforce can go and vote at their leisure so that even if there are long lines, we don't have to worry about whether or not we're going to be able to cast a ballot. The problem with our uh, election system is that it's been made insecure for a reason. The people that are running it, the people that are controlling it from behind the scenes, they like the idea that it's insecure. They like the idea that these machines are, are not something that we can rely on. They like the idea that we can have unrestricted mail-in ballots and that nobody checks them along the way, that the same people who print them send them out, pick them up, and then bring them back to the count rooms. It's one point of contact. There's no checks and balances along the way. And the one check and balance that we do have on the electronic voting machines, be they Dominion or Smartmatic or Otherwise, the EAC is seriously lacking in doing their job. They have not maintained the necessary rigorous standards that must be in place if people are going to support and trust what these machines are meant to represent. And to me, they don't represent free and fair elections. They represent fraud. They represent corruption and they represent the thievery of America's votes. All right. And finally, remember yesterday I told you about five point two million dollars ghost money that Joe Biden simply cannot account for. I also mentioned that the former business partner of Hunter Biden visited Joe Biden while he was serving in the Obama White House no fewer than 19 times. Well, it looks like in 2016 we have an additional eight visits by Hunter Biden's business partner, Eric Schwerin. This is coming from The Washington Post, Hunter's closest business partner made at least 19 visits to the White House and other official locations between 2009 and 2015, including a sit-down with then-Vice President Joe Biden in the West Wing. This means to me that it's much harder for Joe Biden to say he had no idea what Hunter Biden was doing or what was happening with his business dealings, whether it be Ukraine or any other country where Hunter was being sent as a mule to set up these deals and then funnel 10 percent over to Joe Biden. The reason we know this is because we have visitor logs from former President Barack Obama, which have been reviewed by the New York Post, and they cast a lot of doubt on Joe Biden's previous assertions. 
Eric Schwerin met with Joe Biden in November of 2010 in the West Wing. And it's worth mentioning that was while he was president of Rosemont Seneca Partners. Rosemont Seneca, of course, is deeply invested in all of this trash that we're seeing all over the world. We also show that Schwerin met with various close aides of both Joe and Jill Biden at key moments in Hunter Biden's life when he was striking these multi-million dollar deals in places like China. And then we have new information coming from these White House logs showing an additional eight visits. These are from visitor logs that have been revealed by Fox News. So that means that Hunter Biden's close business partner, the president of Rosemont Seneca, visited his father 27 times while Joe Biden was vice president. Who knows? Maybe there are more visits that are going to become revealed in the days to come. Again, it wasn't just Joe Biden. It was his chief of staff. It was other aides that were very close to him. But you have to ask yourself, why would the business partner of the son whose businesses you have nothing to do with coming to visit you at the White House at key moments when Hunter Biden is striking these multi-million dollar deals all across the country. I think that there's really only one plausible answer, and that answer is Joe Biden was actually running the show from the West Wing. All right, guys, every single day, secrets continue to be revealed. The news continues to reveal the criminality, the corruption, and the evil of the criminal cabal that has been trying to destroy America. But America is strong. Her people are resolute, and we will not be beaten. As always, this has been Red Pill 78. My name is Zach Payne, the corruption detector, and this was another edition of Red Pill News. Good luck, everyone, and God bless.